Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. Good morning, everybody. And it is another great day today to be gathered together with you on the podcast today. This is the Grace for This City podcast. I'm Justin. And you know what? We are helping you get into the Bible and pull out strategies, come on, and some motivation. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible is inspiring. That's what it does. It inspires. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing that word. And then what faith does is it makes a projection it makes a future projection. It's, it helps to set your course where you can set your face like flint and go after those things that God is revealing to you. And uh, I pray that we have encouraged you and challenged you and helped you navigate forward in him. Hallelujah. All right, well, let's jump into the episode today. And we have, uh, this should put us over, let's see, where are we at? Is this... Um, I think we are over 200 episodes. I think this is 201 right here. Wow. Praise God for that, friends. That is a milestone in the podcast world. Somebody told me one time that kind of in that, you know, whole uh, genre, podcast genre, 200 means that you are legit. Well, we made it. Hallelujah, friends. All right. I want to talk about renewed in the mind. And uh, there's a verse in Romans in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Now, that's what we want right there. We want transformation. That word, transformation, is the Greek word metamorphico. We get the English word metamorphosis. So if you think about a caterpillar that creates a cocoon, gets inside of that cocoon, and after a period of time, he begins to emerge as the butterfly. That is the process of metamorphosis, or literally, it is transfiguration. And uh, the root revelation, the root concept, when we see that word transformed, or even metamorphosis, is not just about the caterpillar to butterfly or similar uh, transformations, uh, but ultimately, it is talking about the transformation or the transfiguration into the glorious sons of God. That's what this is about, friends. The Bible is about the glory, uh, a return of that glory, our restoration into the glory of the Lord. And uh, But there's a key to that. So that's where we're going, but there's a key to that. And even in the short run, there is a very important key to experiencing living in the transformed life. If you're born again, the Bible says that there's great and precious promises that have been given to us uh, that pertain to life and godliness and the divine life or the divine nature. And we read about things and then we go, how come I'm not experiencing that? Well, you're not over into that, that place of transformation. Well, how do you get there? Well, Romans 12, let's keep reading. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, notice this, so that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, that's a 
lot in that verse. We're going to unpack it over this episode today. And uh, let's start with this right here. You see the word prove there? It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Well, the word prove is translated in other places as allow. It's the same word. So we could say, be, uh, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may allow God's will or perfect will in your life. Hallelujah, somebody. Somebody would like, well, you know, I want God's will. Well, we need to ask ourselves this question. Are we allowing it? Are we resisting it? Or are we inviting it into our life to be made manifest? Now, a couple things here, because we're going to be talking about the mind, renewed in the mind. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10 that it's with the heart that we believe. So something very simple here, but we don't want to miss it, uh, would be this. So in reference to the mind, you don't believe with the mind because the Bible says you believe with the heart. A lot of people are trying to believe things with the mind, but you really don't believe with the mind. The mind was designed or created to agree. That's what the mind does. The heart believes, and the mind comes into agreement, either with the heart or, as we'll see here in a little bit from Romans 7, Paul talks about the law of the mind. So the heart either agrees with the natural external impulses, uh, suggestions, ideas, thoughts from the flesh or external sources. It either agrees with that or it either agrees with the impulses, uh, the unction, or that which is lighting up out of your spirit. Your mind is so critical to this process of experiencing, uh, actualizing, walking into, having made manifest the things of God, or just staying in a low state of living and just experiencing all the negativity and the brokenness, et cetera, of the world. That wouldn't be a very supernatural life if all you did was just stay on the natural side. But the supernatural realities come via the spirit. They come via the heart. They come by faith. They come via belief. But the mind plays a part in that, and that's where we're going today. So, again, the mind wasn't designed to believe, but the mind was designed to agree. And here's what's interesting about agreement. Agreement allows for something. Agreement allows for something. You know, if you go over um, into, is it 2 Corinthians, where it talks about that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in Christ for the pulling down of strongholds. Okay. Uh, Another translation says the pulling down of arguments. Well, what are these arguments? Well, these are thoughts, ideas, and suggestions that are not godly. They're not from the kingdom of heaven. They're from the kingdom of darkness. And uh, that's really all the devil has. He can't uh, take you over at his will. He has to somehow talk you in or get you into a position or a posture or a state of agreement in order to have access to you. Remember, There's this verse that says, the God of this world has blinded the, remember the next word there? Blinded the minds. See, he's got to get you 
to agree with some idea, a thought, a concept, a, a straight out lies, what he does. He's the father of lies. There's no truth in him. So he'll throw all this stuff at you, hoping one of these concepts, these ideas, these thoughts, these suggestions, you'll agree with. And when you agree with him, then you allow him access. So this is where we get uh, this uh, understanding that agreement allows for something. This is why I want to go back to Romans 12, and it says, you got to renew your mind. You, it, don't, don't be conformed to the world. But if you want to get over in the transformation, living in the divine nature, well, there's a catalyst that, that's a part of this here. Your mind has to agree with what God says because agreement allows for the will of God to have access to your life. This is why he's saying right here in order to prove it. Well, some people can't prove God in a particular area because they don't agree that he's doing it. For example, like healing. Some people are like, well, I don't think God is still healing today. <laughs> well, uh, you know, if that uh, position is not based on the word of God, then your disagreement to the Bible is what's keeping you from being able to prove, to actually prove if God heals or doesn't heal today. Um, a lot of people are already approaching the Bible with a preconceived idea. Well, where do you get that preconception? You got it from somebody else. Somebody else told you they muddied the water, they uh, soured the well. You know, they 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 did something ca that caused you to approach this with a different belief or conclusion. And again, people are saying they'll read the Bible and they'll say, "Well, I don't think God is still healing today." Well, the Bible says in Peter that by His stripes you were healed, like. If you approach the Bible and you read that verse, and instead of agreeing with it, you read that verse in uh, Peter where it says, by his stripes you were healed, you read that and you go, you know what? I don't agree with that. Well, in effect, what are you doing? Your disagreement has now disallowed God in order to reveal or prove himself in that area. Listen, this is why people are not walking in the divine nature or realizing those promises that pertain to life and godliness. Um, this is why they're not having more uh, of a supernatural life because they are disallowing God to have access in order to prove himself in these areas. How do you prove him by experiencing it? You know, if you've never been healed, you know, and I just wonder, you know, that uh, some of these people that are pretty adamant, um, some of them not so adamant as others. You know, some are kind of uh, here, there. Uh, maybe they're not as quite quite as dogmatic, but there are some very strong opinions out there concerning, uh, you know, cessationism or continuationism. Is the Holy Spirit still active and moving? Is there still prophetic unction and giftings? You know, they can even throw in apostolic function or whatever. You know, does God still heal? Do these things, you know, is the book of Acts still continuing or did that cease, et cetera? Now, there's various levels of dogmaticism on some of those points. But generally speaking, uh, 
We believe that the Bible is still just as active and functioning as it was in the days of Acts. The Acts of the Holy Spirit are still continuing through you and I, okay? Uh, you know, the Bible says that the believer, see, he, you know, it, it was true that he did commission the, the 12 to go lay hands on the sick, raise the dead, cure the lepers, etc. You know, uh, he'll blind eyes, tell them that the power that is enforcing all this is the kingdom because the kingdoms come near you, Okay. It was true that the disciples started that. Then he commissioned 70 others, but then there was 120. And then after that, every believer, Mark 16, every believer received that same commission. So uh, it is continuing to this day. What I'm saying is, though, the reason why people aren't experiencing that is because they've already approached the word with a preconceived idea. The Bible isn't really... Uh, in their estimation, the final authority and total truth. Like anything you read in here and you go, I don't know if that's the truth. Well, then you're not going to uh, receive it. You're going to have some reason why you're disagreeing with it or why some parts of it are not true for you today. I'm saying all that right there is what is resisting you know, you, you may uh, not realize that it is a um, very, uh, it may be passive in this sense, not cognitive, but it is an aggressive resistance to God's word taking on substance in your life when you disagree with what he says. Disagreement disallows. On the other hand, agreement, what does agreement do? Opens you wide open for the reality of what you agree with to um, take on form or shape or reality in your life. Um, remember like, um, well, remember Job in uh, Job chapter three, he said, the thing I feared the most came on me. Well, what? how does something like that uh, happen? Now this, this works both in faith and it works in fear, okay? Uh, fear will take upon itself substance, just like faith will. Uh, faith, uh, faith is a force. Fear is a force, and and but 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 here were these lies, uh, these arguments. Remember, we quoted Corinthians that the weapons of our warfare uh, they're not carnal, but they're mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. Arguments. One translation says theories or reasonings, and this is what the devil does. He's trying to get you to put your, quote, faith in something. He's trying to get you to put your heart in it. He's trying to get you to uh, lend your confidence, to, to agree with what he's saying, that it is the truth, that it is the right thing, or that this is, um, you know, what what is um, in the future for you or whatever. Through that agreement, whether it's via faith or via fear, through that agreement, the door opens. That's what Job was saying, saying, the thing I feared the most has happened to me, has come upon me. Well, Job, uh, you know, praise God, you and I have the whole of the Bible now to be able to uh, correctly navigate this. We, we know the Bible says to resist the devil and he will flee. Well, you know, uh, Job may not have known quite what you and I know at this point, but, but his agreement with those lies the, his agreement with that suggestion, his agreement with that um, 
uh, 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 devilish prophecy say, this foretelling that wasn't even true, but yet Job uh, agreed with it, and it opened him up for that to take on substance or manifest or become real in his life. This is what we're talking about here is agreement allows for. Let me say this one more time, and I know I've kind of repeated myself, but the devil, kind of even in Job's situation, the devil cannot, out of his own will, overtake you unless you come into agreement with him. In fact, uh, I'm trying to think of this guy's name now. I think it's John Ramirez. I don't know if you've ever heard any of his stuff. Uh, you know, I, I can't you know vouch for everything of his because I don't know him very well. I don't know much about his ministry, but I know a little bit about his testimony. And he was in witchcraft for years and years and years. He was a high-ranking warlock, a sorcerer. And uh, but he talks about to go to higher levels and to do certain things in the spirit realm. He said you had to come into agreements or contracts. Uh, there was like these um, contracts where you agreed with a particular thing. There was a particular, um, what's the word here? Because I don't really know all the language, but there was an, an act, an activity. There was a saying, a phrasing, an incantation. You know, there was something you had to do uh, because faith without works is dead. Listen, the devil perverts everything. But Here was, you know, the opportunity for you to go to the next level or whatever, you know, Uh, in particularly um, like astral projection. You can't just do that uh, alone. There has to be uh, a demon that works with you to do that. Anybody that's doing that kind of stuff, that's not just on you. In order to access that realm on that side of it, you've got to work with a devil. And so these um, man, I, I, I don't want to call it privileges. That sounds too too positive. But the access into certain things, to, to be promoted to the next level, to gain more power, quote-unquote, and authority, quote-unquote, in that realm. This is what John Ramirez was saying. Before you were granted these things, you had to come into an agreement or a contract with the devil. And then there was some sort of saying or ritual or something that had to be done that proved your confidence or your trust in these things. Man, hallelujah. I hope you all are hearing what I'm saying here. But that's the way the devil had access. He doesn't have access to you except through agreement. Now, what you don't realize when you work with devils is that they're taking more than you're gaining. But nonetheless, the only way they've got access to your life is through some sort of agreement. And then that agreement is proven out through an act, an activity, the words that you are saying. Remember what Paul said? He said, I believed, therefore I, remember the next phrase, spoke. Speaking out of the mouth is an act of faith because... Your spirit say, let's say the word is ministering to you. The word is not just ministering to your mind. The word is ministering to your spirit. He says, my words are spirit and life. So the word targets your heart or your inner man. Out of your belly shall flow. 
things light up on your mind. And then here's how you, um, for lack of a better way of saying it, you activate it. There has to be an act. Your faith, your belief, the the belief in your heart has to have some sort of corresponding action or activity in the natural because that substantiates your faith. So this is what Paul was saying in Corinthians. He said, I believed, therefore I spoke. Speaking in many instances is the first act of agreement with what you believe. You have to speak forth what you believe. We get this from Romans 10. Again, with the heart, man believes, and with the mouth, confession is made unto. So really the first act of faith is saying what Jesus said, is confessing the promise. There's tons of scriptures that deal with our confession. Hold fast your confession. Another translation says, hold fast your profession. Um, He is the high priest of our what? Our confession. So the reason why that is so potent and powerful, and they they even use it in the demonic world with all these uh, uh, incantations, these spells, these sayings, there's words and actions associated, but it's usually words first. Because um, out of your heart or outside here, this is how the devil works. He, he's not, if unless you're possessed, he's, he's not in you. Uh, he, that's a whole other thing, but he's not in you, okay? The devil's not, and other people aren't, but they're out here. It's external, okay? And they can say things to you. They can give you or attempt to give you a thought, idea, a suggestion. What's that doing? They're targeting the mind because that's where agreement happens. And the reason why confession is always an act of faith is because the mind, okay, something's lighting up on the mind. And for example, when you're saved, it's not enough just to believe it. You have to confess it. Why? Because that is an act of agreement. Your mind is giving the command in agreement with what's happening in your heart to speak out of your mouth. Um, and, 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 and that agreement, that agreement, you know, when you, you're, you're, you're saying body, I want you to speak that forth body. I want you to go over here and do that. You know, let's say the Lord says, I want you to give so-and-so $20. Uh, well, if you don't give the command to either come into line with your words, to speak forth what you believe, to lay out the word concerning it. Um, Remember, Jesus is the high priest of our confession, meaning we say what he says. Um, If you're not in agreement with that or you don't give the command to body, take your hand, reach into your wallet, pull out that $20, walk over there, stretch out your hand and give it to him. Um, uh, Then you cannot say that you actually believe or are in agreement with what's happening in your heart. Same thing here. If you don't have a subsequent action, you are not in total agreement yet. This is how um, you can have doubt in your mind. But I remember what uh, one of my spiritual mentors said one time is, you know, if the devil puts a shoots a fiery dart in 
into your mind. And it, and I, I don't even know if you can necessarily stop that. Now, you can recognize that is a contrary argument to the word, and you can immediately cast it down. But if that thought comes in there, uh, the thought, the awareness of the suggestion is not agreement yet. Now, what you do with it, it will make it or break it. Um, if you take that thought and you don't immediately cast it down, you might be tempted to meditate on it a little bit more. The problem with meditating on that is if you meditate on it too much, if you start entertaining the idea, if you start going, hmm, I wonder what it would be like to do that. I wonder what it would be like to go over there or to, you know, um, I wonder what it would be like to say that to them. You know, if you start entertaining that and you don't cast it out, you might shuffle it up into your imagination and then it starts to take up on some form here. Then it starts taking up on some substance. And if you're not watchful, friends, you keep that up in there, then eventually you're going to get, quote, talked into it. And uh, before you know it, it will conceive. Remember, the Bible talks about this. That thought, it was a stray thought. You should have casted it down. I'm, I mean, the moment you recognized it, you should have thrown it out. You should have pulled that thing down. You should have wrestled it uh, into subjection to the word. But if you don't and you keep it up there in your mind and you just go, hmm, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, uh, you haven't acted upon it yet. Uh, so you're not necessarily in agreement with it yet. But if you just in, if you just entertain it, if you just entertain that stray thought, that fiery dart, if you entertain that thing that's contrary to the word, if you haven't measured it against the word, you'll be tempted to sit there and you'll kind of just roll it around in your mind and then you'll, then you'll put it over into the realm of the imagination. Oh, that's dangerous there. And you'll start to conceive that thing. And then the Bible says that when conception, when you've conceived it in your mind, what, what you've done is you've come over into agreement now. And what's going to happen is you are going to give the command to your body to say something that's going to be sin to you or do something that's going to be sin to you. It will be contrary to God and it will be sin to you. Uh, what I just explained is kind of the, how, 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 how that process works. You know, nobody... Uh, what is today? It is, uh, it's, we're in the month of February. Okay. And if you are staying up with what's going on, there's some controversy in the church. There's some ministers that are getting in trouble. They're confessing for, uh, being unfaithful to their wife, their wife. They've been cheating on these other, with these other ladies. You know, when you think about that, nobody wakes up one day and just suddenly, you know, acts upon something so chaotic. No, the action, okay, the command to say words, um, you know, that are contrary to your marriage covenant or to give the command to act, like physically act, uh, that would violate the, 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 the covenant of oneness didn't just happen in 15 minutes. Like, uh, not where these guys are or these ladies are. No, this is something 
long time ago. It was an idea. It was a suggestion. It was something contrary to the knowledge of God's word. And instead of casting it down, throwing that out, rebuking that thought, commanding that thing to get under the obedience to the word of God now, uh, they just kind of played with the idea. Oh, they thought, oh, okay, well, interesting. And over time, over time, over time, over time, they conceived that. And I'm telling you, at that moment, that's 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 when agreement comes. That's that's agreement right there. You agreed that, okay, I think that's a good idea. Then the command was given bodily to act upon it. The action is the proof of agreement. The words, come on, the words is proof of agreement. Remember James said that your works, your faith is dead without works. Faith is dead without works. Now, let's take that phrase real quick. And let's spend this, let's, you know, because we're, that is faith without works is dead. So we're saying, well, you say you believe God, but if you don't have anything that is a byproduct, a subsequent action, then we may have to question what you're saying. So let's put that in the other side. A thought of sin without works is dead. You know, see, if the enemy throws an idea at you, hey, go rob that bank. <laughs> well, you better not act on it. Um, and if you, if you don't act on it, then what is that thought going to do? It's going to die. Uh, if you don't grab that thought and entertain that thought, if, if, if you don't plant that thought in the soil of your imagination, guess what it's going to do? It's, it's going to die. Faith or an idea, uh, you know, faith cometh by the word. So we're saying that God is ministering to us, but if you don't respond to it by acting on it, by speaking in connection with it, having your profession, your confession line up with his, then it's dead to you. Same way on the other side. Somebody says, let's go rob a bank. Somebody says, let's go cheat on our husband. Let's go cheat on our wife. Somebody says, let's go um, go get drunk. Somebody says, let's go buy drugs. <laughs> Listen, don't act on that. Don't, don't agree with that. And that thought will not take upon itself life or substance. It'll be dead. It'll die. If that thing comes into your mind or somebody suggests something, you can answer it. You, you can say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke that. That is, that is a lie. That's not true. That's deception. That's temptation. I cast that down. I subject that to the word. The word says, do not steal. The word says, uh, do not look upon another man's wife or, a, 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 you know, a, 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 another wife's husband or whatever. Faith, ideas, suggestions without works die, friends. I'm telling you, that's huge. Hallelujah. You are bombarded with things Every day, the enemy is after your mind. Why? If he can get an idea in there that you buy into, 
if he can just give you a good enough idea that you'll take the bait, he knows the moment you agree with it, he's got access to you, friends. Hallelujah. Well, I'm out of time today. Hope you got something out of that. We're talking about being renewed in the mind. We'll dig a little bit further here in upcoming episodes, but you got to change the way you think. You have to be aware, friends, of what you are agreeing to and agreeing with. You're either resisting things or you're opening yourself up to them. By agreeing, you are allowing. By disagreeing, you are disallowing. Hallelujah. Well, if we could pray for you, friends, it would be our honor to do so. You can call our offices at 870-741-9099. Leave a message right there, and one of our prayer partners will call you right back. Or you can go to the website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash prayer, and fill out the form right there. And again, one of our prayer partners will follow up with you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This has been the Grace for This City podcast. And until next week, be blessed.